0: So in my forty-seven, seven, 47, 47 years of age, forty-seven years of experience—if that's what we're calling this—there are two stories in my life that I—they're not my stories; they're they're apocryphal, they're metaphorical—but they're two stories to me that explain so much about the world and about humans and all that good stuff. And I've more than certainly used it uh, and used them both at some point in (laughs) this podcast here and there. And the first one is uh, the guy's walking down the street at night and he passes a street light and there on his hands and knees is his friend, uh, just kind of crawling around under the street light. And the the guy walking by says, hey, what are you doing? The guy's on the ground says, I'm looking for my car keys. And the guy walking by says, oh, you dropped them here? The guy on the ground says, no, I dropped them way over here, but way over there, but the light's really good here to me. That speaks volumes of us us humans. Uh, uh, It was told to me as a, I believe, sixth grader, and it's just stuck. It's just stuck to me. It's just an unbelievably powerful story about how humans are a mess. Anyway, (laughs) myself included... Uh, the other story is that of the blind man's zoo, and that is there's an elephant and there's a bunch of blind people touching the elephant. Each person has a different part of the elephant, and each person thinks because they own a part of the elephant, they own the whole thing. They understand it. They, one understands it as a tree trunk. One understands it as a snake. One understands it as a, as a spear. One understands it as a palm leaf, etc., etc., etc. Again, Powerful, powerful stories. You can I could use those two stories any number of ways in all sorts of different circumstances. And today is no exception. So fourth cup of coffee just gotten started. So that I'll give you a sense of where we are. So we're going to talk about uh, why do I bring them up, obviously, is because employer brand is very much like that elephant that everybody touches and everybody thinks they understand. But really, let's we're not get into the everybody part. Let's get into this idea of us, us employer brand nerds. I'm including you among me. Sorry that I'm calling you out. Think of it as a, a kindness. This is a charity. This is a, 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 a kind thing I'm saying that you are a fellow employer brand nerd that you are as, almost as obsessed with employer brand as I am, anyway. That is to say, even when we talk about employer brand, we're very often touching the elephant in different places and thinking we understand the whole elephant. When we talk to each other, and I've seen this over and over and over again in any number of forums, in any number of articles, in any number of comments, that everybody thinks they understand the elephant, and they're wrong. And I'm not saying I know everything, but at least I understand, taking four steps back, at least I understand what the whole elephant looks like. So that's what we're going to talk about, because today, we're really going to talk about how do you make your employer brand stick? How do you make it just really get in there and work and do all the things you want it to do. So that's where we're covering. Uh, We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time, for joining in we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better, and that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, We really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. So, first episode of year four. It's true, it's true. It is the first one, episode 146. There were some couple of tiny gaps here and there. So 146 does not equal exactly 52 times three, um, but pretty close, pretty close. Uh, <sighs> I'm super pumped. But anyway, uh, housekeeping, uh, I'm going to Nashville next month for RecruitCon, otherwise don't have a lot of stuff booked. So if you'd like someone to come to your event and talk to you about employer branding and talk to your team and talk to your company and talk to your organization, hi, how you doing? My name's James Ellis, and this is what I love to do. Uh, I was at uh, HireConf last week, Monday, I guess, yes, Monday, had a blast, had a blast. Uh, talking about AI, and I think that a lot of the, the meat of that subject will end up showing up in a podcast because it was a new thing for me, but it was super cool to be forced to think through these other challenges. So we'll be bringing that back to the podcast. And y'all, uh, also, I have a slightly new website. I got rid of employerbrand.consulting and now I have employerbrand.news. I know I have a problem with domains, I just love to make them, I just love to buy them. There is, It's an issue, it really is. Uh, but if you go to employerbrand.news, not only can you sign up for the weekly newsletter, you can also get my new freebie, which is 99 Employer Brand Activation Hacks. And that's important today, because I'm gonna be talking about activation hacks and talking about what it matters because having released this list of 99 ways that are almost all either free or super low cost ways to make your employer brand stick, to activate it in real time, in real world space. It was interesting. A lot of people went, cool, cool, cool. But there are a, a number of people who said, That's not how you make an employer brand stick. That's not an employer brand activation because employer brand activation is a uh, media strategy or it's a social media strategy, or it is, uh, they they had very, very particular senses of what it means to be an employer brand activation strategy. And I kinda have a sense of where they're coming from because again, we do such a bad job defining employer brand to ourselves, to our bosses, to our teammates, to our leadership, to our candidates. Everybody thinks they understand what employer brand is. And even the people who do it every day, because employer brand is big, it really is, it really is, we, we kind of miss the point sometimes I've you know you've seen I've talked about the whole the 16 core competencies on, on, on employer brand professionals and what it takes to be successful in your employer brand what you need to know uh, in order to be successful and it's you know we talked about it it's such a wide diverse array of skills and talents and abilities it's everything from content strategy and stakeholder management and vendor relations and strat- strategic mindset uh, there's, there's so many different ways to see it and the, the trick is Nobody really has all 16. Certainly not myself, and, I don't think, and I've And i met some really smart people, but nobody has all 16. Nobody's got four brains glued together. There's a visual. Uh, it's almost Halloween. Um, to be able to do all those things really, really, really well. And consequently, what happens is when you or me or anybody who calls themselves an employer brand practitioner, when they walk into a situation, what they've got is a tool belt. They've got a hammer or they've got a screwdriver and they've got pliers, and maybe they've got a little uh, socket wrench set, maybe they've got a soldering iron, maybe they've got uh, a, a, an orbital sander, right? I have to get too into the weeds on tools. But nobody has the whole Home Depot, nobody has the whole hardware store wrapped around your belt. You couldn't move. No, again, no brains are glued together like that. So consequently, when you see a problem, you have a limited number of tools at your disposal with which you fix them. Now. Again, going back to that first story about the guy looking for uh, his keys under the light even though they're not there, just, you may not remember or realize that just because those are the skills and tools you have access to, that those are not all the skills and tools. That's just the ones you're most comfortable with. Now, I myself am guilty of this because there are certain things I'm super comfortable with. Content marketing strategy, super comfortable with. Love talking about it, love doing all that stuff. Media spends makes me go to sleep. And consequently, I don't like to talk about media spend, even though I know in my my heart that a media spend, in certain cases, is exactly what the doctor ordered. I just don't like doing it because I'm not comfortable with it, and consequently, I don't really lean on that tool very often, even if it's handed to somebody else. Myself, I am so sure that because I can connect with these audiences using videos and messaging, and because I can cobble together a video with some iTunes and a phone, uh, or maybe I know some friends who are really good at video who they can help me put it together for not insane cost. Um, I'm more than willing to lean on video. I'm not. I don't love video, but it's it's a thing I can I can access. I know I can you know, put some good pictures together. I know I can put some good words together and I can tell this story. And because I'm good or comfortable with that content marketing side, I do that more often. Even though some part in my back of my head says, you know what, that's a great story, James, but wouldn't it be great if somebody put a thousand bucks behind it to make sure it got you know, seen by all the right people? yeah but because i'm stubborn and because i like content marketing more than i like ad buying i'm going to think that if i just write a story better someone will eventually find it and the truth is if i had an infinite amount of time i'm probably right i'm sure i could get just as many people to see this story organically quote-unquote free as I would paying a thousand dollars the trick is it's going to take me years to get those people to see it potentially right i'm trying to take a, a screwdriver and i'm beating against the wall to act as a hammer right? To go back to to our tool tool belt metaphor. That's the trick. We think of it, whatever tools we bring to it and say, that's the answer is that. You've heard the the phrase to a person with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Well, if you've got four tools, those four tools are the things that are going to solve it. But we have to accept that there's a lot more things to employer brand. So here is my first kind of, not definition of employer brand. I've talked about defining employer brand. It's the aggregate understanding of individual's understanding of what it's like to work there based on experiences and touch points, et cetera, et cetera. I'm even if I haven't said it, it's been my metaphor and my mantra for a very, very long time, but that is what employer brand is. But how you make it work is a three-stage process, okay? Let me, let's let go through it first. The first is developing an EVP, an employer value proposition. For a while, I was very much on the fence of, do you have to get too formal? You don't really have to get too formal. And I'm still kind of fuzzy on that. I can still see lots of places where a, a, a concrete, well-researched, data-driven EVP with all the pillars and all the structure and all the, the proof points, the bells and whistles, right to say that this is real, this is who we are, and this is how we're differentiating. That's exactly the way to go. There are cases in which you don't have to go quite so formal, where you can kind of say, look, here's the reason we exist and what we're trying to pursue and what we're, value we're offering, and that's it. that can be enough. Not always, but I can see a value in having a structured data-driven EVP. Anyway, the EVP is the tentpole. It is the thing that holds the rest of this up. So the EVP by itself is literally just a slide or a poster or a a couple of sentences. It's a one or two sentence. This is the value proposition we offer. It's anywhere from three to five, one sentence, two sentence pillars of, okay, the other parts of supporting this. And that's it. You know, doing the math, it's like 200 words, right? If that, that you can put that on, if you write small enough, you could probably put it on a post-it note, on a good size, regular size post-it note, right? Like an index card size. You can probably put it all there. It's not a lot of Stuff. And you can't say, well, let's just put our EVP on social and let's put our EVP in a video and let's put our EVP on a poster and let's put our EVP on a picture and it doesn't really work, right? It's like saying, we're a great place to work. We're a great place to work. We're a great place to work. You become a parrot. You become one of those things. And that's not how it works because you can make that claim. And what happens next is you have to say, well, how do we prove that? How do we show that that is real? How do we show that that's not some sort of marketing bluster and moving on, right? You've seen so many products where it says, we're the best blah, 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 we're the best sponge, we're the best headphones, we're the best uh, uh, duct tape that ever was, you know, we're, you know, we're the best this. Great. You've made the claim. Now you have to back it up. Now, for those of you who are anywhere near my age, you may remember a commercial in which some crazy, insane gentleman wearing a hard hat, crazy glued his hard hat to a steel girder and then held on to the hard hat that was crazy glued to the steel girder. His entire body mass suspended in mid-air under the steel girder based purely on the sticking power of crazy glue. This Episode should be brought to you by the makers of Crazy Glue because it's been Halloween season. I've been crazy gluing everything to my daughter's costume. That's wildly why it's top of mind. Anywho. Anyway, that Crazy Glue is proof. That commercial is proof, even if it's marketing, proof that the claim that is the quickest, most strongest glue or whatever its claim was, was real. It's proof. Your EVP is no different. Having made the claim of this is the value you offer to people, now you have to offer some proof points. And those proof points can come in any number of forms. Here's a video showing us living those values, or those, those uh, offerings, or those ideas, or those concepts, or those pillars. However you wanna frame it, it's up to you. It's, I'm not really here to get all dogmatic on you. But here's a video showing how we live it. Here are people talking about how they live it. Here's a social post in which we took a picture of somebody at a thing, doing a thing, showing how they're embracing this thing. If your EVP and your pillars are done right, Everything good your company does should kind of fit nicely under that. Think of it again, let's go back to the tent pole. If the EVP is the tent, the brand, the concept of the brand is the tent itself being supported by that tent pole, that EVP, but everything under it is the stuff, is all where the action is, right? If you go to the tent, what's outside the tent's kind of cool and all, maybe it's it inviting you in, but all the magic happens inside the tent. So if the EVP is a tent pole and your brand is the tent itself, the big, let's call it red and white or red and yellow stripes of the tent and the flags and the banners you hold outside to say, this is what we're all about, you're asking people to come inside. So the EVP is this claim you're making. The tent and all the marketing around it is drawing you in. It's the social posts. It's the videos. It's the stuff to say, really? We do this stuff. And unfortunately, that's usually where we stop. And that's wrong because getting people into the tent is only half the game. So stage one is making the EVP, making the tent pole. Stage two is making the brand, making it attractive, giving that EVP some life. And stage three is the socialization and internalization and operationalization, there's some fun words you can say real fast, of that brand living and breathing inside that company. Could you call it advocacy? but not that's very limited uh could you call it marketing eh, not really that's a little limited it really is simply activating the brand truly making it real now the funny thing is phase two and phase three are kind of reciprocal so let's say you're, you make a claim we're the best company for people who are tall i don't know you you know i make this up as i go And you're like, okay, there's the claim, great for tall people. And then you make a video showing how all the doorways of your company had to be hand custom made taller because you all are all so damn tall. Okay, great story. Now you need people who work there to share it. Now you need the person who works there to be hanging out at a bar and someone says, oh, you work at blah, blah, blah? I hear it's all great for tall people. Is that true? You need that person to say, yeah, and let me tell you a story about how that's real. You need people, the employees posting on Glassdoor saying this company is, you know what? I know it's crazy, but this company just loves tall people. They really bend over backwards for people who are tall. I'm not saying you can't get around, can't get away, you know, or can't succeed by being short or normal. But they really bend over backwards for tall. Somebody really, really care about it. In fact, what you want is some short person on Glassdoor to complain, man. These this company, it just cares too much about tall people. What about me? Two stars. Right. Even the negatives support the positives. Right. If you do it right, if you have a strong and clear enough brand, the negatives reinforce because your brand should not be interesting to everyone. Your tent. Your tent pole is going to attract a certain kind of people, but it should also be repelling the other kinds of people. Who are like, I don't like like circuses. I don't like animals. I'm going to Le Cirque down the corner, Cirque du Soleil, right? Or I'm going to Le Cirque and ordering a very expensive meal. That was a joke. You're laughing, I hope. You're probably not laughing. That was was barely funny to me. Um, It was just more cute and clever. And that's, oh, God, that is just so sad of me. And I said it all out loud. Hey, Um, you're repelling people, and they're going to find that other tent that works for them. And that's fine. So if someone says, I don't want to go to that tent because it's got animals, I'm going to go to Cirque du Soleil because they're very non-animal. It's all people circus i um, I'm really taking this circus tent metaphor way too far. Um, you want people to complain about, I hate that tent because it's got too many animals. And someone who loves animals goes, yeah, I want to go there because of all the animals same effective review, one is one star, one is five stars, right? One is two stars, one is four stars. But the negative is actually reinforced. It proves the case that they actually like, they really do like, really have lots of animals in there. This is a company that's really all about tall people to the point where to some extent as a short person, I feel kind of uh, forgotten or, ta- or, or, or uh, not taken advantage of, uh, taken for granted, right? The reinforcing so the third phase is making sure people are living and breathing that brand and if you are having people making and living and breathing that brand what happens is they end up creating stories that feed back into phase two so let's say this is a company all about tall people and someone's invents it you know they decide that this is a place where i don't know uh, the chairs are special and so they've never you've you've made videos about the doors but never about the chairs and someone says Let's talk about the chairs because the chairs are really, really important. And then you talk about the chairs and it turns out you push the chair story out to social media and everybody's like, can you believe they have to have special chairs at this place? It's amazing. That's phase three thinking, right? Someone pushed it out organically. So you see that someone's pushed it out organically and you say, ha, there's a story here that people want. I'm going to create a video around it. I'm going to create a formal story around it, phase two, that steals ideas from phase three because it turns out that's what people really care about. That's how people talk about it. That's how people think about it. It's how people interact with it. So employer brand, making your employer brand happen is creating an EVP of some sort, more formal the better, but frankly not always completely necessary, to the formal activation strategy. And that can be media, and that can be social, and that can be video, and that can be content, and it can be websites and career sites and third-party sites and review sites and all these other things that you have structured formal things for. Great. Do those things. But you're not done. Because if you do those things, it should encourage staff to live it. Because here's the trick. Because to some extent, we have actual vague control over things like career sites and processes for posting glass Glassdoor or responding to Glassdoor or the money to buy videos or the money to buy media and the money to, or, you know, the time, the control over the messages that go out on those things. We have some sense of control. And because we control it, we're like, cool, this is where it's at. Again, you're comfortable with those tools, so that's where you live. Human nature is funny that way, right? But if you build a brand and you only activate it formally and nobody cares And none of your staff are using those talking points. And none of your staff are mentioning it or talking about it when they leave Glassdoor reviews or when they leave reviews at other places or when they're at a bar and someone says, what's it really like there? If they don't like your social posts, if they're not engaging with it, you've screwed up. An employer brand that has an amazing phase one, an amazing phase two, and a crappy phase three is a crappy employer brand. I'm going to say that one more time because that's really the crux of this thing having a great evp is step one taking that evp and telling great stories with it is step two if nobody does anything with that information if nobody says oh yeah let me tell you another story about how that's true if no one shares the hashtag if no one adds the hashtag onto their stories about you if nobody's engaging with it if nobody comes up with new ways to tell that story and tell those those pillars and talk about those pillars you've made a crappy employer brand and you've wasted a lot of money and time Sorry, but it's true because having great EVP, true or not, let's just say it's great, and having a great formal activation strategy, true or not, doesn't matter because what happens is you push that out into the world and a candidate sees it and goes, oh, that's a really interesting tent. That's very attractive. Oh, it's got a really great strong EVP and that makes that tent really strong. You walk into the tent and it's empty. Are you having any fun? Are you getting the sense that perhaps you were sold a bunch of bullshit? Perhaps. Perhaps. In fact, probably almost certainly you would think that. If nobody's in the tent living and breathing the brand, living and breathing the the EVP and the values and the pillars and all that stuff, you've you made a very, very nice little Potemkin village, a facade of a brand that nobody touches. And this is where employer brand and so many other elements of branding and marketing differ. Because if it turns out if you're making a great potato chip, but for whatever reason nobody in your company buys the potato chips or eats the potato chips, does that impact the potato chip purchasing process? No. Here's a cool bag. We got a great tagline. We made a jingle. It's a rock jingle. It's extreme, whatever it is. You put that commercial everywhere. You have commercials of people you paid to eat them. And you put that commercial on the Super Bowl and you're like, woohoo, look at everybody eating this potato chip. Woohoo. People are going to buy that potato chip flavored and done the marketing properly people are going to buy it but the people who make the potato chips the people who develop potato chips the people inside that company turns out they don't like potato chips that has no bearing whatsoever on the brand unless they decide to go to a point where they're talking about hey, they meet the people who make our potato chips in which case that could be complicated but most companies don't do that this is where consumer marketing employer branding marketing differ because in the end you're marketing the people who are doing the stuff and you have to tell their story. And if they don't buy the story, you're talking some smack. You're talking some utter total nonsense bullshit. And that is why there are three phases because if you just say, Hey, everybody talk about stuff, everybody kind of goes off in different directions. You say, okay, well, I got to corral them together around some talking points, around some ideas, and maybe give them some material they can share around you. So you build a tent, but the tent's flat on the ground, so it doesn't do much good. So then you say, I'm going to build an EVP to prop that tent up in the air, and it gives it some volume, some shape, some form, right? That's you know, reversed, whatever, but that is the process. That's why there are three distinct phases, which is why my call to you is to not stop at phase two. In fact, frankly, the value of phase two is measured in the power and activation of phase three. That great video that no one shares is not a great video. I don't care if people want to give it awards. If it doesn't, if it's not embraced by staff as being, yep, I was part of that. Yep, that's where I work. Yep, that's telling kind of story that I live and breathe every single day. Yep, that's my company. Then you've made jack nothing. You've made junk. You've made a pretty picture that doesn't nobody cares about. So that's why I was so, and I was so taken aback when I put that list of 99 ways to activate your employer brand, most of which are in that phase three. I forgot that we don't talk about this stuff. We don't talk about the three big phases of how you turn up make an employer brand real. Because until people pick it up, until your staff hold it and hug it and say, yeah, that's me, your employer brand is just a poster that you wrote. It's not real. And that's how you know you're doing it right. That's how the real rubber meets the road kind of situation in your employer brand happens. It happens when people on the inside say, yep, that's me. Yep, I want to talk about that. Yep, let me tell you how that's true. Yep, let me show you, tell you something that happened yesterday that personifies, or activates that story. Yep, yep, yep. If you don't get that, put it away because you don't waste your time. So when you think about your employer brand, do not think of it in one or two phases. Don't think of it as, hey, I made an EVP. Done, gonna walk away. Nope, that's an EVP that's gonna sit in a shelf or sit in a hard drive or sit in a, a, a PDF somewhere that's just gonna die and collect dust. So don't do that. You know that, you're smarter than that. Two, don't think you're done once you've made the video, once you've made the career site, once you've made the third-party site, once you've made the processes and, and, and you know you've, you're reviewing your reviews and you're doing all that other stuff. No. That's just the stuff you do. The only way you know your employer brand works is when people who don't work for you are using the employer brand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's why I wanted to talk about that. I hope that was useful. It, like I said, if you want to get the whole list of 99 different employer brand hacks and all the activation hacks and all the guerrilla marketing ideas of how to get people to engage and make make it feel like that brand is their brand and make encourage them to share it in all sorts of different ways and give life to the brand where it's not just an idea but something that walks around and says, yep, this is what I'm about. Just go to employerbrand.news, scroll down just a smidge and there's a little place where you just say, yeah, I want this thing and you get this thing, it's very simple. It's free, I don't care. Uh, That's what I got. So, you know what, I promised, because we're entering this new phase where I'm gonna have to add a commercial message in the middle of these podcasts, I thought I was gonna find a way to pause and do a commercial, and I forgot to. So I'm gonna. This is a skill I'm gonna have to learn how to get off my. You know, it, once the roll starts happening, once the pattern <laughs> starts, I'm like, ooh, I know where we're going. I know what this is all about. I need to learn how to pause it, stick the message in, and walk away from it, and come back to it, and kind of keep the the energy going. Right, that's a skill I'm gonna have to learn. I have no idea how I'm gonna do that. All right. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. If you have ideas for next ep- next week's podcast, let me know. I believe I'm going to be showing up on uh, brain, fr- uh, brain Food, Recruiting Brain Food. Am I butchering that name? Hung, I'm so sorry. Hung and Adam, thank you. Um, I'm going to be Recruiting Brain Food live. Wow. Why am I? I cannot. It's just a tongue twister to me today. I don't know why. It's not really. Uh, November 1. So, November 1? No, that's not right. 10. Yeah, it's a Friday. Uh, I'll post a link to it once I have it. So uh, just so you know, if you want to actually see this face, talk about all this sorts of crap. I mean, (laughs) not much of a selling point myself, but there you go. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast.